Greetings! On behalf of Pastor Joshua Lockett and Triad Christian Center, we welcome you to the Movement Podcast. 2019 is the year of the team player, and Pastor Josh challenges us to connect, join, and serve in the local ministry to advance the kingdom of God. We're glad you're joining us today, so let's tune in to this week's message. Glory to God, but I know it's vacation season, and people, I was in the airport this past week, people were we're burning up the airways. Amen. Everybody was trying to get home. I was in the airport on July 3rd. Glory to God. And everybody trying to get home. And they just busy and just running here and there. But thank God. I actually, if the truth be told, I missed my first flight. Amen. And they, thank you. I love that compassion. Thank you. You just were like, well, you deserved it. No, thank you. So I, I, I got there. And it was actually my fault. I mean, I could, I, I could try to blame it on the devil, but he ain't do nothing. It was my fault. And so I got there and I missed my flight. And, um, and when I got there, they was like, uh, well, you're going to have to go on. Basically, you check in. They say you're basically too late. I went and checked in, and I was the, listen to me, listen to this, listen to this. this is, you got to listen to this. I was second in line on standby list. But by the time the flight was starting to board, or eventually when it got boarded, I moved up to first place. And guess how many people they took to get on board for that flight? One person. And guess who it was? Because y'all were praying. Thank God. You got to rejoice at the little things, the big things. Amen. Because I tell you, I don't know if I was going to keep on waiting for another flight and then go to that flight, go on that flight. But I, I know that a lot of people are traveling now. And one of the things that happens when you go up, uh, when you go on an airplane, is that you have the, the portion of time where you're disconnecting um, from the connection. Uh, I forgot what it's called. You are uh, taxiing. And you're, you're, you're basically getting ready to get on the runway. And during that time, depending on whether you ride American Airlines, you ride Delta. Y'all act like Delta is more anointed or something. Amen. It's just like the iPhone and Droid conversation, which is another story. But so you, you, get on, you get on American Airlines. And when you get on American Airlines or Delta or United, they're sitting there. And normally, the flight attendant gets on there and they start talking to you. Now, some people sleep by then. Amen. Y'all need to listen, because if something happened, y'all going to be the main ones, amen, that need some help, amen. So they, so they start talking, and they say, uh, just in case uh, the, the flight uh, loses cabin pressure, you have oxygen masks that will be dispensed. And sometimes they act it out for you. How many of y'all be looking at them when they're acting it out? Amen. And then, they, and then they also go and check by the people sitting by the exit rows, and they say, if something were to happen, would you be willing to help and assist if, you know, and then people are like, yes, yes. Yes. Yeah. And so you go up and 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 the and the plane it goes up in the air and as it goes up in the air everybody's just flying and just having a great time and people's ears start getting stopped up and they start popping actually and and the the the, the reason the reason why is because you know it elevation decreases on the outside, it decreases the pressure. So the pressure actually goes down. That's why you need cabin pressure so you can continue to breathe. That's why they say if you lose cabin pressure, then the oxygen mask will come down and cover your face. How many of y'all knew that before today? Everybody should know it, right? So that's why they say, so the pressure actually helps you to breathe. And, but on the other end, outside, the pressure is decreasing because the higher up you go, the more that the pressure, what? Decreases. And so, in saying that, I believe that God wants to take some of you uh, on an airplane ride. Amen. And I believe he wants to take you up higher. Say higher. Okay? Because this is the name 
of our, our message on today because I believe some believers are trying to fight the devil from a low place. Y'all ain't talking to me. And they're not fighting him from a high place. And so today we're talking about going higher. Tell your neighbor's neighbor, you need to go higher. Amen. And so this is what we're going to talk about today because, you know, this is a day and time where young people, some of them don't know how to deal with the pressures of bullying and the pressures of being talked about. And, you know, what's interesting is that today when the child goes home and they leave school, the pressure follows them on their phone. It's called cyberbullying. Y'all with me? And then you have kids that are literally being bullied, not only verbally or in person, but they're being bullied on the World Wide Web. And once you put something on there, you can share it and send it to hundreds and thousands of people. Now everybody knows what was on your text message. You ain't talking to me. And now the enemy can use that spirit of fear and that spirit of manipulation and that spirit of control to put a young person to such an oppressing position where they looking for relief anywhere they can. And so when that pressure comes, some may turn to pornography and some may turn to cutting. Y'all ain't talking to me. And, and, and some, because, because everybody has to figure out how to endure the pressures of life. And that's why we got to teach our young people about the highs and the lows of life. I thank God for the fact that even if you get fourth place now in sports tournaments, you still get a trophy. The only problem with that is that you've got to learn how to lose sometimes. And if you don't learn how to lose, y'all, ain't, I didn't get a lot of amens because everybody's got the best children since life's bread. I mean, they got the, but see, the, the, the issue with that is that when they get in the real world and start dealing with real comments and they start dealing with real people that don't love them like you love them, they might mistreat them. And now they're going into panic attacks just because somebody don't like them. But it used to be a time they said, boy, you better get over that. But now you're getting trophies if you, you, if you didn't even win. You, just, you get trophies just for showing up, maybe. And while it's great to celebrate people, what happens when the celebration goes? That happens, that, that happens to a brother who used to play football back in the day. See, I used to play back in the day. And there's an adrenaline high that you get in football that you probably you don't get a lot of other places. I, I like basketball, but football is the best. I'm a little bit biased. And so... And, and so when you get in that, you get in that adrenaline rush, and, 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 and it's great, but then what happens when that celebration adrenaline goes down? And nobody's screaming because you're making a tackle. Matter of fact, you can't even find a job, glory to God. And you struggle, and they're saying, what, what, what homie doing? Oh, well, he just still, he's still working out, trying to make it to the league, and homie is 60 years old, trying to make it to the league. Because he just wants, he wants to get that feeling again. That helps them to relieve the pressures sometimes of life. So, so how does that young person deal with it? And, 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 and then how does the adult deal with it when they got the, the three jobs and they, they're a single parent? Come on now, you ain't talking to me. They got, and and they, they don't even get a chance to see their child, but maybe for an hour a day. 
because they're working so much. They're not even really raising their kids. It's, it's social media raising their kids, but because they got to make sure bills are taken care of, they have no other choice, and they've got the pressure of three jobs, and they just found out that their mom, by the way, they're the only child, their mom just got diagnosed with cancer, and they got to go take care of mom, and so then that's a fourth job, and they, they've got the pressures of, of even in their own body not even getting enough sleep, and they got the pressures that the enemy is bringing on them of depression and the pressures of discouragement, and, and, and they're trying to smile, but every time they smile, it keeps turning into a frown. How do they deal with the pressures of life? Is it, is it in a low place or is it in a high place? Because it's the low places that will mess us up. It's, 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 it's really how high you go. And so the scripture says in Isaiah chapter 40, verse 31, because I believe we're going to go these next four weeks talking about how to handle pressure. Tell you that how to handle pressure. Listen, pressure is inevitable. It's coming. Whether you do right or you do wrong, pressure, it, it, tell your neighbor, neighbor, it's coming. It's coming. It, it, and, and guess what? Let me give you a little word. You, you, pressure is always endurable with God. That's the good news. I'm going to help you out. It's always endurable. It might not always be escapable at the moment, but it is endurable. Come on, tell your neighbor, neighbor, it is endurable. Okay? And I, and I want to kind of start embarking on how do we handle the pressures of life. It says, but those who do what? That trust in the Lord, they will find what? New strength. They will what? Soar high. Tell your neighbors, neighbor, you got to soar high. On wings like eagles, they will run and they won't what? They will what? Walk and they won't what? Yeah, yeah. Go back to verse 30. I'm going to show you something. The Bible says even youths will become weak and they'll become what? Tired. And can I be honest with you? There's some believers that, that, that love Jesus that are weak and they are tired and they don't know how to find relief. And some of them, if they're not careful, they'll be tempted to find relief in the wrong place. Because can I tell you, after a while, you're going to try to get relief. Y'all ain't talking to me. And so it says, and young men will fall in exhaustion. Now let's read verse 31 again. And then it says again, but those, say, but those who trust in the Lord, this is what I'm believing God to do this month of July, they will find new what? I don't want old strength from yesterday. Amen. I need a fresh strength for what I'm facing. It says they will soar high on wings, and this is the key point, they will soar what? High. Tell your neighbor, you got to go up higher. On wings like eagles, and it says they will run and not grow what? They will walk and not faint. So we see that there's benefits of going up high. Say so there are benefits of going up high. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 8, verse 8. It says, we are pressed on every side by what? Tro tell your neighbor, say, but troubles are coming. But we are not what? Mm, that's good news. Thank God. Now, this is a believer talking, and he said, we're pressed on every side, but we're not crushed. He says, we are perplexed, that means confused, but not driven to despair. Verse 9 says, we are hunted down, but never, what, abandoned by God. We get knocked down, but we are not, what, destroyed. Verse 10 says, through suffering or pressure, 
our bodies continue to share in the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be seen in our bodies. Verse 11 says this, yes, we live under constant danger. Wow, constant oppression. Tell your neighbors and neighbors, if it's not one thing, then it's another. He said we live under constant danger of death because we don't serve Jesus. He said because we do serve Jesus. It says so that the life of Jesus will be what? Evident in our dying bodies. How many know that sometimes you experience pressure not because you do wrong, but because you do right? Oh, God. The Bible says many are the afflictions of the righteous. I wish I could tell you that God will allow you to escape from every pressure, but he won't. Because in Matthew 7, I'm going to read you another script. Can I keep reading you some scripture? I'm going to help you out. Matthew 7, it tells us something. I believe it's in Matthew 7, verse, verse 13. It says in the Amplified, it says, Enter through the narrow gate, for, the, for wide is the gate, and spacious and broad is the way that leads away to destruction. And many are those who are entering through it. But the gate is narrow, contracted by what? Pressure. Say pressure. See, we're talking about how to handle the pressures of life. It says, and the way is straightened and compressed that leads to what? Death? No, that leads to life. And few are those who find it. Yeah. Pastor Josh. But I thought that when I start following Jesus, he was just going to make my life so much better. He did. He did. And I, and I thought that I would never have to go through anything ever again. Well, that's not true. Because Jesus was sinless. They tried to kill him the first time. That wasn't the first time on the cross. They tried to push him over a cliff. But the Bible says that he walked right through his enemies, or he walked right through the crowd because the presence of God doesn't always remove you from the presence of your enemies, but it will deactivate the power of your enemies. You didn't get what I said. In other words, what was trying to kill you will not be able to kill you when you're in the presence of God. Let me help you out with that. The Bible says in Psalms 23, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He leadeth me and guideth me. And, and then it gets to a place where it says, he prepares, come on, a table for me in the presence of my what? Of my enemies. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute, God. So your presence doesn't always remove the pressure? No, it removes the power of the pressure. Oh, I'm helping you. I'm helping you right there. It, it, don't, it doesn't always remove the presence of the pressure. It removes the power of the pressure. Come on, come on. It don't always remove the presence of you or the fact that you lost the job. No, your job is to you still are unemployed. But it will, what it will do is remove the power of, of the unemployment. It'll still take care of your bills. Y'all ain't talking to me. It'll still give you peace in your mind. It'll still give you joy in your heart. You don't have to remove your enemies to have peace because the peace you have doesn't work on the basis of your enemies and who's around you and your environment. Y'all ain't talking to me. Your peace changes the environment. 
environment. Y'all ain't talking to me. I gave this example. I'll give it before. Outside, it's probably about, what, 80 degrees today? Night close. To, it's going to be, what, 80? What's the temperature today? 90 degrees, eventually. By the time we get out here, it might be 90 degrees. But in here, it's about 70, 70 degrees. Brother Frank, what, what's the temperature back there? It's 70, and it feels so good. It feels so cool. Because we have power working on the inside. Y'all ain't talking to me. And so it doesn't matter what's happening on the outside. See, when you look out the windows of your life, you might see that you lost the job, that they just diagnosed you, that y'all ain't talking to me. In other words, it's burning up on the outside, but on the inside it's still cool because the peace of God guards your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. I'm so thankful for a peace that's not dependent on my problem. It's not dependent on my environment. It can work on the hottest days of my life because it's a sustainable peace. It's an inside-out peace. I'm so thankful for that, that you can lose a loved one, and on the outside, it's crazy, it's terrible, but on the inside, you can still sleep at night. Can I tell you something about my mama? After my dad transitioned, for the most part, she's still been able to sleep at night. She never called me, and not one night and said, son, I can't sleep. Y'all ain't talking to me, because there was somebody praying for her. There was somebody saying, Lord, let your peace be in our house, and even when she slept in the same bed that my dad used to sleep in, she was able to have peace because her peace wasn't dependent upon my father. Her peace was dependent upon the king of kings and the lord of lords and the prince of peace. And every night when she went to sleep and there was nobody beside her, the Holy Spirit was beside her, keeping her. And Y'all ain't talking to me. See, this is what we got to move into because if not, that's when we start taking appeals. Because our peace was dependent upon our job. It gave us our identity. Our peace was dependent upon, oh, y'all ain't talking with me, our bay, our boo. How many people are wrecked emotionally because a man left them and because a woman, y'all ain't with me. But there was somebody that was there before your bay ever showed up. Y'all ain't talking to me. There was somebody that was loving you before your bay ever showed up, before they ever started taking you out on dates. There was somebody who was desperate and desirous to be with you, and his name is Jesus. It's easier said than done. How do you stand in a pulpit and preach seven years after your dad transitions? It's the peace of God. And I never called my mama either saying I can't sleep. I, when I go to sleep, I snore, and I even, I even let out some juices. Amen. Why? Because the peace of God goes beyond my own understanding. It's a proactive peace. It's an active peace. It is not a reactive peace. Y'all ain't talking to me. It's an active peace. It guards my mind. So, listen, the presence of God doesn't remove the presence of your enemies, but it will remove the power of your enemies. Yeah, it removed. So the power, the power, in other words, the power of 90 degrees is not being felt in here. Why? Because there's a presence on the inside called, called power bill. Y'all ain't talking to me. And it's regulating the temperature on the inside. And whenever we need more air, it'll just blow more air. Y'all ain't so y'all can relax. So y'all won't be sweating. And y'all ain't talking to me. Because my life is not dependent on what's happening on the outside of me. My life is dependent on what's happening on the inside of me. And there's someone living on the inside called the 
Holy Spirit. So Paul said we're pressed on every side. In other words, outside of us, there's pressure coming in, and it's even it's affecting us somewhat in our hearts, but he says we still have joy even though our hearts ache. Why? Because the pressure, hey man, is not the determinant of my peace. So we see here that that pressure is going to come. Say pressure, it will come. You know, The Bible says in Psalms 91, say Psalms 91, hallelujah, because we've got to learn how to deal with the pressures of of life. You know, it's amazing that, that when we see people who have great position and great power, they fall, and we say, what happened to them? They didn't know how to deal with the pressures of life. And let me say this, even as a pastor, it can be so easy to minister to other people that you never allow God to minister to you. You ain't talking to me. And you get so busy giving out that you lose what's on the inside of you. And other people are eating. Y'all ain't talking to me. They're eating on your joy. They're eating on your sacrifice. They're eating on your peace. And you never have time to refresh yourself. Y'all, y'all looking at me like I'm funny because some of you say, Pastor, you better come with a word every Sunday, but can I tell you this? Before you ever get a word, I better be getting a word because if I don't get a word, I'm going to self-destruct. I need God in my life. And let me tell you this, you are no, you are no more super than God allows you to be super. Amen. Okay. So it says right here, those who live in what? The shelter, Psalms 91 verse 1, those who live in the shelter of the most high. Say most high. Come on, there there goes high again. Amen. It says, we'll find what? Rest in the shadow of the almighty. The shadow. In in this summer, a lot of us are going to be looking for shade. Say shade. I'm not talking about when somebody throw you shade. I'm talking about shade that that cools you. How many of you ever had somebody throw you shade, though, for the record? It ain't right. It ain't right. And so the way shadows work is that it, it doesn't stop the sun from shining. In other words, when you get under a big old tree and you're resting under that shade, the sun can still be shining all around that tree. But what, what's, what, what, the, what the shade stops is the sun from shining on you. Y'all ain't talking to me. It doesn't stop it from shining around you. It just stops it from affecting you. So, in other words, you're able to rest. So, the Bible says rest in the shadow. You got to learn how to get under his shadow. That when everything around you is burning up because of the heat, you got to learn how to still get in his shade. It doesn't stop the sun from shining. It stops the sunshine from hurting you and harming you. So, he says this, those hmm, those who live in the what? Shelter. And look at what it says in the look at what it says in the KJV. It says in the KJV, it says that he he that dwelleth in what? Oh my goodness. Of the most high, what what happened? He shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. So my point of saying this is just this. This is not a message that's going to get rid of all of the things that are causing you pressure. But this is a message that's going to help you to be able to endure the pressure. Are y'all with me? And so there are three types of pressure that I have. They're God-induced pressures in life. What do you mean? There are pressures that come simply because you obey God. And following God, there are pressures that we will inevitably face. I think about 
in Genesis 50, verse 20, where Joseph is talking to his brothers. He said, what you, what you meant for evil, God intended for my good. Well, what did God intend for his good? God intended the pit for his good. God intended the fact that he was sold into slavery for his good. In other words, God was using the pressure of life to promote him. We look at Jesus' life. Jesus experienced God-induced pressure. The Bible says in Isaiah 53, verse 4, that it was God's good plan to crush Jesus. So, Jesus was pressed, and that's God-induced. People-induced. In other words, people sometimes can cost you a lot of pressure. Amen. Your job, your family, sometimes even your church. When, you know, the Bible talks about Moses, and Moses, and we're going to talk about this later on in the month, but Moses, he was trying to handle all of the affairs of Israel by himself. And there was a man named Jephro who was his father-in-law, and he came up to him. He said, Moses, if you keep on operating like this, if you keep on trying to save everybody, if you keep on trying to do all this stuff, he said, eventually you are going to burn out. He says, so you need to set up a team. Y'all ain't talking to me. You need to get a team around you that's going to help you to endure the pressures of life. But nevertheless, people can cause you pressure. And then sometimes pressure is self-induced. In other words, it's not somebody necessarily causing you pressure, but it's self-induced. In other words, that can happen through sin. Y'all ain't talking to me. There are things we can do that can make life more difficult than what it has to be. The Bible says, tear off every weight that so easily trips you, Hebrews 12, verses 1, especially the sin. Can I be honest with you? Sometimes it's not the devil. Sometimes it's not God. Sometimes it's just who? It's us. And we, we actually carry the weight of our sin. And so we see three ways that we operate in pressure. But there, the first two is really what I want to focus on today because I want to talk to you about what happens when we go up higher. I hope, hopefully you understand now from the airplane example that when you go up, that pressure decreases. Say it decreases. In other words, you're able to endure it and because the pressure of this life is decreasing. So one of the things that happens, first of all, fill in the blank, is that you get vision. Say you get vision. Vision comes when you go up higher. Now, one of the purposes of vacation is not just to go off and spend all your money, all your paycheck. Amen? How many know it can happen? It's like when you're on vacation, you forget about your budget. It's like your budget got left behind. No, it's still there with you. And, and you go there, and the kids say, can I go here and play with Mickey? And can I take this picture with Mickey? And can I take a selfie with Mickey? And they say, yeah, you sure can. But you don't realize it costs you $20 every time they take a picture. I mean, I don't know. I'm just guessing. But Mickey is expensive. How many of y'all know that? He might laugh a lot, but he, it costs a lot. When you go in that Lion King hotel and Simba looking at you when you come in to go to sleep, that costs you a whole lot sometimes. Now, they're working it out now that you get better deals and you go in and get, but still it's going to cost you something. Amen. And then, and then you're going to get a 32-ounce a, a cup for soda. It's going to cost you about $32. For a dollar for every ounce. How many of y'all know what I'm talking about? That better be the best. You looking at your kids like you better drink every you bet not throw that away. You about to punch them. Get it? Makes no sense. $30 for a soda. What in the world? There ain't no soda in the world. That's that. And then it's full of ice. And then, what? <laughs> but my point in saying all that is that's not the purpose of vacations, just to spend all your money. Amen. 
the, the, that's why we need Luke 8 to help us budget. Amen. The, 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 purpose, the purpose of vacations, one of the main purposes is that you will get fresh vision. Because it's hard to see when you're full of anxiety. In, in Luke chapter 19, verse 3, it gives us a picture of a, of a man who has a challenge. And his name is Zacchaeus. Say Zacchaeus. Some of you might have learned about Zacchaeus in Sunday school. You sang a song about Zacchaeus. It says, and, and, and Zacchaeus, the Bible says, he tried to get a what? He just wanted to see Jesus. But he said, what was his problem? Tell your neighbor, say, neighbor, you better learn how to get over the crowd. You better learn how to get over the crowd. That's a whole nother message. He says, he says, he was too short to see over the crowd. And it says, so he did what? He ran ahead and he climbed a sycamore fig tree beside the road for Jesus was going to what? Verse 5. And it says, when he, Jesus came by, he looked what? He looked up to a high place. And what did he do as he saw Zacchaeus? Looked up at Zacchaeus and called him by name. Zacchaeus, he said, quick, come down. I will be a guest in your home. Would that ever have happened if he didn't go up to the high place? No. Jesus would have passed right by. I believe there are divine encounters coming in our life when we go up to a high place of his presence. So, Revelations 4, verse 1, it says something else. Say vision. Yeah, there are things you can see in a high place that you can't see in a low place. You got to go up higher. Tell your neighbors, neighbor, you got to go up higher. Yeah, you, you can't see the forest because of the trees. It's not till you go way up there. How many of you love looking out the plane window when you're up in the plane? You like looking at the little cars driving by. You try to find your house, but you can't. Let me know what I'm talking about. Because, see, this is the other thing that I believe that can happen when you go high up. Things that you used to notice, you can't even notice anymore. Y'all ain't talking to me. Things that used to be so big to you now become smaller to you. Y'all ain't talking to me. In other words, the smart remark from your coworker, y'all ain't talking to me, that used to be so big to you when you were low is now smaller to you now that you're up high in his presence. Y'all ain't talking to me. In other words, when people cuss you out, you can still love them who despitefully use you. Why? Because you've gone higher up, and what used to be so big has now become small. See, see, when you go up high, your perspective on life changes. You got an argument with somebody that you love very much. And you say, when I get back home, I'm going to finish this thing. Just like they said on Mortal Kombat, finish him. Don't play Mortal Kombat. I'm just saying. You, and you come back and you say, how many of you ever had an argument so strong? You say, I'm going to finish this thing. And you know, how, you know what makes you angry? When, when you argue with somebody, say, hold up, I'm sorry, I got to go. And they, and they got to go on their, on their point. They tell you off, and they say, hold on, I can't talk anymore. I talk to you. The devil, you better get back on this phone. But it's those moments that pressure is building that you say, Lord, I will worship all of my worship. Give you my worship. And you just worshiping God for your glory. And then when you come back home, that argument that was so big to you now has got small. Why? 
because you've gone up higher. That situation with your child that was so large to you now has become smaller. Why? Because you've gone up high. It doesn't take the problem away. It just changes how you see the problem. And so it says, we find vision. Revelation 4, 4, 4 verse 1, it says, Then as I looked, I saw a door standing open in heaven, and the same voice I had heard before spoke to me like a trumpet blast. The voice said, come up here, and I will do what? He said, come up here, and I will give you vision. That's what he's saying. He's saying, come up here. See, see, some of you don't understand that your business might be in a high place. Y'all ain't talking to me. The next move for your career may be in a high place. He said, the voice said, come up here, and I will show you what must happen after this. Number two, in his, pr- in his presence or in the high place, we find peace in the high place. In other words, we find rest, safe rest. The Bible says in Psalms 91, verse 1, it says, it says, those who live in the shelter of the Most High will what? They'll find rest in the shadow of the Almighty. I don't know about you, but it's hard for me to sleep when it's hot in the house. I need to be cool. Amen. Now, some people sleep in 100-degree weather. I can't do that. I don't know how they do that. Amen. But but tell your neighbors and neighbors, when, when, when I get in his presence, I find peace. So I find vision, and then I find peace. Number three, here goes the third thing that happens. We find, we find strength. Say strength. Yeah. For everyday living, we find strength for everyday living. He says he'll mount you up on wings of eagles, and he says you will run and not grow weary. You will walk and not faint. In other words, you find power, you find strength in the high place. And I'm going to tell you why, because when you get up in that high place, that's where I believe he begins to take every weight that you give him in the high place. So it makes it easier for you to run. I said it before, and I'll say it again. I was, I was, you know, I was talking about track. And when you go to see people run track, you hardly ever see people run track with bags. You, ever, you, you very rarely see people run track with baggy clothes on. I, mean, I know baggy clothes are going out. It's more fitted look anyway. But, but, you, but you never see people with baggy clothes and an a, 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 a abundance of clothes. You always see them with, with real <coughs> <coughs> Y'all don't even want to say that in church either. But, but, but they got on spandex, glory to God. And they got on a little tank top showing off the little muscles. Amen. Why is this? Why is this important? I believe this is important because guess what? If you got on these big baggy clothes, it's going to slow you down. And you're going to have to work harder because you didn't work smarter. I believe in the presence of God. He'll take that load off of you so you can run a little bit further, so you can walk a little bit further. Somebody said, why? Why am I so stressed out? Because you haven't gone to the high place. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 6. Let me go back. I want to read this to you. 1 Peter chapter 5. Tell your neighbor, say, but go up higher. Go up higher. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 6. It says something to us that a lot of times I believe, I really believe sometimes we, we misinterpret this scripture. It says, so humble yourselves under the what? Of God, and at the right time, he will do what? In other words, he'll bring you higher. Y'all see that? And then it says, and I want to go into K- KJV version. KJV version, because in the New Living Translation, it gives you a different kind of feel. But I want to show you how this goes in the KJV version. 
Go back to 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 6, and I'm going to show you something. It says, humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that he will what? He may exalt you and what? And you see that continuation right there? It doesn't stop. He may, so he lifts you up. He lifts you up where the pressure decreases, and this is what happens. Verse 7, he says, casting all your care upon See, it's continuous. He lifts you up while casting all your care upon him. Y'all ain't talking about He lifts you up, casting your care. It's in the process that he's lifting you up. Y'all ain't talking to me. That he's taking your cares on him. That he's taking your, y'all ain't talking to me. See, it's in the high place that he takes the fact that your job is crazy upon you. He takes your business trials. He takes your marital trials. He takes your health trials. He carries it upon you as you humble yourself. Why? Because he careth for you. When he lifts you up, he's taking your cares. But if you try to fight this life from a low place, you got to carry the cares. Okay, so here we go. Strength, number four, faith. Say faith. We find faith for living. In Psalms 20, 27, verse 1, it tells us something. It says, the Lord is my light and my salvation. So why should I be what? The Lord is my what? Protecting me from what? So why should I tremble? Verse 2 says, when evil people come to what? When my enemies and foes what? They will what? This is good news. Verse 3 says, though a mighty army surrounds me, my heart will not be what? Even if I am what? I will remain confident. What does confident mean? It means that you are in a place of faith. So faith for living comes when you go to a high place. Number five, we find the place to let go, and I've already said this, of our cares and our worries. Now, let me help you out, and this is, this is where I want to kind of close. When you were little, how many of you ever been little before? When you were little, and you had some burdens that you were carrying because you, you went out to eat, so you carried some burdens around with you. <clears throat> Let me step down here. You, you didn't really care where you got relief. And you didn't care who you got relief on. How many of you ever been carrying a baby and they get real quiet? They get real, real quiet. And then, every, and then all of a sudden, you start feeling something on your arm, and it's not the presence of God. And you look down, and you say, man, they just got their breakthrough on my arm. I mean, you know about that. Y'all laughing. I mean, see, when you're a baby or you're immature, you try to find a, you try to find a place of release anywhere. You didn't get what I said. But when you get more mature, y'all ain't talking to me. You know there's a place called the restroom. 
In other words, you know where to go when you need to get relief. Y'all ain't talking to me. You, because, see, as a baby, when you got your rest or your relief, you made messes. You messed other people up. Y'all ain't talking to me. You offended people by the odor that was coming up. Y'all ain't talking to me. But when you, when you get older, you find out about the restroom. And you find out that there's a place where you go to release the pressure on the inside. Oh, y'all ain't talking to me. I know this is gross, but let me say this to you. You can't find relief everywhere. You can't rest everywhere. There's a certain place that God has called us to go and find rest, and that is in the shadow of the Almighty. Y'all ain't talking. Okay. Let me, so let me help you out because there was a man named Samson, and guess what? He found rest in the wrong place. It's not just about finding rest. The question is, where are you finding rest? Samson, uh-huh. Uh-huh. Samson was strong, man. He was like the Hulk, Thor, Superman, all mixed together. Samson had the Spirit of the Lord upon him. He could bench press like a thousand pounds. He was a massive brother. Amen. Was growing dreadlocks. Y'all ain't talking to me. Had long hair. Glory to God. And so when he showed up on the scene, he would, he would, he would cut you up. Matter of fact, the Bible says that he took a jawbone of a donkey and killed 3,000 Philistines. How do you kill 3,000 men with a jawbone of a donkey? Because you are a power. He was anointed to kill. Y'all ain't talking to me. He had, he had a militant anointing because God is a God of war, but that's another story. And so, so Samson had, this, had all this power. I mean, he would kill people. He would destroy people single-handedly. And all of a sudden, you know, but let me, let me before I get there, Samson had a problem, though. Actually, what was his problem? He had a problem with women. Yeah, he did. That was his weakness. That was his Achilles. It, it was so bad one time because, see, God told the Israelites, he says, when you go into the land, he says, do not intermarry with their, with their women. He said, because their women will lead you to worship their gods. That's why you got to watch who you connect with. And so, but, but, but Samson really didn't care about all that. He, matter of fact, one time he told his parents, go get that girl for me because she looked good. That's what he said. He said, she looked good. How many know everything that looked good is not good for you? And so Samson began to make these connections with, with strange women because Samson was one of those people that would try to get to the edge without jumping off. Like, like how many ever, you grew up like that, you like try to get to the edge? Like your parents said, don't you go out the door, but you get right up to the door? Samson was a person that would get right up to the door, and he was like, well, I'm still anointed. I'm still killing people, so I'm good. And he would get right up to the door. He would, right, he would, he would get right up to the edge of falling, but he wouldn't fall in. He would get right. You say, what do you mean? Okay, he touched a dead lion. He, he wasn't supposed to touch any dead animal. He wasn't supposed to touch a dead human, but he touched a, a, a dead lion. And then, and, then, and then also we see Samson with these women. He's, he's, he's intermingling with, with Susie and Shaquika. Y'all ain't talking to me. And he said, she looked, I seen her on Instagram. I slid into her DM. Glory to God. And, and, and the wild part about it is that he gets up to this one girl, because I'm, I'm closing. And it, it's this one girl. It says, one, she bad. I mean, she, woo. I mean, she, 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 looked, she looked like she was straight from heaven. She must have been an angel. Glory to God. 
and she came and fell down. And, she, and, 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 and the Bible says that, that Samson loved her. But what I struggle with seeing is where it ever says Delilah loved him. So the love wasn't mutual. How many know you can love someone that hates you? So he calls, he calls out, he, say, he calls her up, say, hey, girl, what's up? So they start hanging out one night. And Delilah is being used by the enemy. What is she being used by the enemy to do? See, <clears throat> the enemy loves to get us in positions where we're connecting with things that seem neutral. It's not really bad or good. See, Delilah didn't have the power to kill Samson. But she, through her connection, was going to bring him into a place where somebody would have the power to kill him. See, 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 Delilah, so let me read it. Let, tell your neighbor's neighbor, say, we're going to go into Scripture. We're going to close this. See, Delilah was sneaky because I, 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 I state this, that the enemy uses pressure to try and remove you from the presence of God. The, Delilah is after one thing, your dedication to God. The spirit of Delilah wants to take your dedication to God so that when you try to fight for your marriage, you can't because you haven't first dedicated yourself to him. See, people want strong relationships in their marriage, but they don't want a strong relationship with God. Delilah will go after your relationship with God because if I can get your relationship with God, I can get your relationship with your spouse. Y'all ain't talking to me. See, Delilah is trying to break down your secret place. Y'all ain't talking to me. I'm just, I'm, I'm, she, she's trying to go after your place of consecration. She wants the thing that you won't give up for anybody. So the Bible says in Judges chapter 16, verse 13, then Delilah said, you've been making fun of me and telling me lies. Now tell me how you can be tied up securely. Samson replied, if you were to weave the seven braids of my hair into the fabric on your loom and tighten it with the loom shuttle, I would become as weak as anyone else. So while he did what? Tell your neighbor, stop sleeping with the enemy. Stop letting your guard down around the enemy. Look at what happened. Delilah wove what? Of his hair into the fabric. So she started messing with his hair. I told you, Samson liked to get close to the edge. Because one of the things that was the key to his strength was his what? His hair. So she wasn't cutting it, but she was just messing with it. See, the enemy, he hadn't totally taken your prayer life. He's just messing with it. In other words, that time you used to pray, he's getting you to move it around now. Well, I pray in the morning, you say, I pray at night. At night, you say, I pray in the morning. And he's got you on this cycle where you're always pushing your time with God off to another time. See, he hasn't totally taken away. He's just manipulating it now. Y'all ain't talking to me. He, 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 hasn't, he hasn't totally stopped you from reading the Word, but what he's doing is he's getting you to read less Word. See, he's manipulating. He's playing with your dedication to God. This is what happens. So, so because Delilah likes to move in. And, and so, all of a sudden, you say, you have this thing. You say, I will not look at any social media. Because, you know, social media, when you get a morning, two people that call your name in the morning, the Holy Ghost and social media. Y'all ain't talking to me. 
Facebook be calling you in the morning. You, some of y'all don't even got to look at the screen. You just go, your finger not to go there. You Because it's an addiction. You want to see who got engaged. You want to see who got married. But, but you don't want to see what the word is saying. And it's easy to do. So this is what happens. You say, I will never look at Facebook until I read the word. But what happens is slowly but surely the devil begins to say, oh, you're legalistic. Look at a little social media. You go three hours in a social media and say, oh, I got to go to work. You don't have any time with that. And then when you get home, you say, I'm going to pray when I get home. And, and then the TV show comes on. And you watch the rerun of Sunday's Best. Y'all ain't talking to me. Nothing wrong with Sunday's Best, but Sundays can't be best as long as you, if you're not getting with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Because somebody sing. I don't need somebody else to sing. I need to learn how to sing to my King. So, so here we go. So, we, so, so he's starting to mess with your consecration. Things you said you will never do, you start doing. You haven't, all, you haven't crossed all the way over. You're still in good terms. God is still with you. Everything is still going well. But you, mm, ah, there we go. You start having conversations with people that you know you shouldn't be. See, adultery don't just start overnight. It starts over a course of months. You start having conversations here and there. You start getting in the cars with people by yourself here and there. Y'all ain't talking to me. We didn't do anything, but you are positioning yourself to be taken down by the Philistines. Because Delilah's just trying to mess with your dedication, your consecration. And that's her whole goal. And look at what it says. Yes, because pressure is real. Say, pressure is real. Verse 14, and I'm closing. It says, then, he tight, then she tightened it with the loom shuttle. Again, she cried out, Samson, the Philistines have come to capture you. Now, I'm going to be honest with you. If I was hanging out with a girl who I saw was trying to set me up, she would get me the first time, but she would not get me the second time. He said, the Philistines have come to what? Capture you. But Samson did what? Pulled back the loom shuttle and yanked his what? He yanked his, see, his dedication that got locked up. He yanked his dedication. His hair away from the loom and the fabric. Verse 15, it says, then Delilah pouted, how can you tell me I love you when you don't share your what? Where did God say he'll take you? To the secret what? See, she wants the secret place. You made fun of me three times now, and you still haven't told me what makes you so strong. Why? Because he's still guarding the secret place. You got to learn how to guard those, the secret place. Oh, you can't let nobody take you out of the secret place. Because even though he was still messing up, he still had God with him in the what? Secret place. Look at what it says. Verse, verse 16, and I'm closing. It says, she tormented him with her nagging day after day after day. See, that's pressure. After day. Boy, this girl, this woman going to drive me crazy. After day. If she get in my face one more time talking about these bills, after. <laughs> if these kids keep wilding out day after. If my body keep going through this day after. The Bible says she kept nagging him until he was what? 
sick of it. And this is what it says happened. Verse 17. Finally, this is where the enemy, I believe, wants to get everybody in this church. He said, finally, Samson shared his what? He stopped guarding his secret. He says, my hair has never been cut. He confessed, for I was dedicated to God as a Nazarite from birth. If my head were shaved, my what? See, it was the secret that gave him strength. And it says, my strength would leave me, and I will become as weak as anyone else. Verse 18. Delilah realized he had finally told her the truth, so she sent for the Philistine rulers. Come back one more time, she said, for he has finally told me his secret. So the Philistine rulers returned with the money in their hands. Verse 19. Delilah lulled Samson to sleep with his head in her lap. Where do you place your head when you're stressed out? When you're just trying to relieve yourself of pressure, of the nagging day after day, where do you place your head? Because in Psalms 27, verse 4, stay, go, we're going to go back to Psalms 27, verse 4. It talks about this one thing. I ask of the Lord, the thing I seek most is to live in the house, in other words, in his presence. All the days of my life, delighting in the Lord's what? And doing what? Meditating. See, where does your head go when the pressure comes? It says, verse 5, <laughs> it says, verse 5, for he will conceal me there. He's talking about the secret place. When troubles, what? And it says he will what? In his sanctuary. And he will, he will do what? See, Samson's problem was he didn't stay high. He let, listen, this man was a fighter. He killed thousands of men at one time, but he couldn't fight her. Because he let down his guard. He let down his consecration. And it says in verse 6, look at what it says. Look at what it says. Verse 6. Then I will hold my head where? I will hold my head high above my enemies. This is what I'm asking some of you. You're too low. You need to begin to lift up your head. He is a lifter of your head. Some of you, your head is in the lap of Delilah right now. Y'all ain't talking to me. You are moments away from being taken out. But I declare the Lord is lifting your head so that you can see the right way again, so that you can have the right perspective again. Go back, go back, go back. Because he, he, he does talk about praise and singing, but that's another story. I believe that's how you lift your head. But, but go back, go back, go back, go back. Judges 16, we're closing. Say we're closing. Every preacher needs about four closings. Amen. In Proverbs 16, verse 19. Come on. Let's go there. Delilah, Lord Samson to sleep. Rock of my baby. And with his head in her lap. And then she called in a man to shave off. 
the seven locks of his hair. All of those years of dedication was cut off in one moment. Ah, in this way, she began to bring him what? She brought him from his high place. And his strength left him, and this is what happened. Verse 20. Then she cried out, Samson, the Philistines have come to capture you. When he woke up, he thought, I will do as before and shake myself free. But he didn't realize the Lord had left him. In other words, the presence of God was gone. In other words, she allowed the enemy into her to his secret. In other words, he gave up his consecration to the Lord. I believe that one of the ways that you endure the pressures of life is you have to learn how to go up high. Now, as I close, some of us, I got some stuff from the store to help us to see this because I like to use props so that we can understand what's being taught. This is called club, club soda. Y'all know what club soda is. And club soda and any type of soda, there's something interesting about it. That when you begin to shake it up just enough, it begins to fizz. See, this is what's happening with some of you all. You're being shook up. You're starting to fizz. Y'all ain't talking to me. And, and every time the enemy shakes you, y'all ain't talking to me. Every time the enemy shakes you, you start fizzing. You don't go on the website, but you start heading that way. You ain't talking to me. Because you're trying to relieve yourself of the pressure. And, and, and how many of you ever been on the cookout where somebody done shook up a soda? And they realize that when you shake up the soda, you can't just open it in any place. Because when it starts letting go of the pressure, it's going to mess somebody. Y'all ain't talking to me. Can I tell you what's happening? Some of you are being shook up, but you don't know where to release the pressure. And you try to go release it on people, but they don't want you around because you might mess up their outfit. Y'all ain't talking to me. Y'all ain't talking to me. You try to go release it in your job, but your job don't work because you mess it up on your job. You try to go release it on vacation, but then you find yourself in compromising situations because you're just trying to find a place to relieve the pressure. You got to learn. Help me, help me, Brother Brian. Help me. You got to learn where to release it. I got, I got clear for a reason because there's a certain place. See, 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 you see, you had, you see how you got to be careful? Just like he had to be careful, you have to be careful where you release your pressure. There is a place called the secret place where you don't have to be a pastor. You can be Joshua and release your pressure. You don't have to be mommy. You can be a child of God and release your pressure. Where do you go to release your pressure? The problem is the church, sometimes they don't know where to go release the pressure because it's coming out anyway. They don't know where to run. I'm so glad that I can get before God with all my insecurities, all my struggles, 
Can I tell you what's helped me to be able to endure the pressure of pastoring for these last seven years? I know how to run to the restroom. Y'all ain't talking to me. I know how to run to the restroom. I know how to run to the shadow. I might cry the whole time, but it's in the place of God's rest. It's in the secret place that I can take off the mask, that I can take off the facade. It's in the secret place where I don't have to be the strong Samson. I can be weak. Because it's God's strength. Because here's what the enemy, I believe, is trying to do. He's trying to push the saints out of the secret place. He knows he can't handle you if you stay in the secret place. But what he's trying to do is to get you to run from the secret place because of pressure. But can I tell you this? When you leave the secret place, you run into a dangerous place. And Samson found himself being overtaken by an enemy he should have defeated. Why? Because he gave up a secret. Where do you go when you want to rest? You can't sleep everywhere, and you can't sleep on everything. Whose lap are you resting on? Stand on your feet. The enemy's shaking some of you up. You've contemplated making this move and contemplated making that move because you just want to relieve yourself of the pressure. But can I tell you one move to make? Go up higher. Because when you go up higher, you'll soar on the wings of eagles. You will run and not grow weary. You will walk and not faint. Depression can't handle a high place. Discouragement can't handle a high place. Fear can't handle a high place. Y'all ain't talking to me. Bondage is struggles in a high place. Why? Because it's in the secret place of the Most High that I find rest. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Listen, simple, go up higher. Some of you are too low for the battle. You've got to go up higher. Lord, we thank you that we can run to you when we start fizzing up, when we start bubbling up with the pressures of life. We thank you that we can go and release the pressure in a healthy place. We can, we can release the pressure in your shadow. Lord, I pray right now for those of us who have given up their dedication, consecration, their prayer time, their, their reading time, their worship time, their quality time with you, that, Lord, they're running back to it today. It's a call to come back because it's in that place of praise and presence that we're able to face our enemies. Depression, I declare, is breaking right now. Fear is breaking right now. Confusion is breaking right now. For some of you in this room say, I wish I could be a better parent. When you move into his presence, that, that ability to parent will go to a whole new level. When you go to the high place, God will give you vision for raising your children. But it's in the high place. It's not in the low place. Every head bow, every eye closed. When I count to three, I want, I want you to slip your hand up. You say, Pastor Josh, I'm in a low place right now. I need to go up higher. I need to go up on that airplane. I need to go up where my perspective changes. I need to go up where peace comes. I need to go up where strength comes. I, 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 need, I need to go up to that high place today. I need to come up out of the world. I want to learn how to do it. But, but, but more importantly, I need to make Jesus number one again. I, I need to, the Lord is my light and my salvation the ruler is my light and salvation. And, I, and all I'm saying today is that pressures are going to come. 
but his presence will help you to endure. And, and his presence is found while you follow him. The Lord is my shepherd, but you got to follow the shepherd in order to experience the comfort. Listen, today, every head bow, every eye closed, when I count to three, there are some people's hearts that need to be comforted. Yeah, you lost that loved one, but you don't have to give up. You don't have to lose it all. You don't have to commit suicide. Amen. The presence of God will help you to endure the pressure of a lost loved one. Yes, your money might not be where you want it to be, but you don't have to succumb to the pressure. You can get in the presence. Hallelujah. You don't have to run from the presence. You can run to the presence because the pressure tries to get you to run from God instead of running to him. But the devil is a liar. This is a moment to run to him today. So while every head bow, eye close. One, that's you. Get ready. Raise your hand. If that's you, without fear or shame, and say, I need to make Jesus ruler of my life again. Two, get ready. God is calling you on today. God's got so much more for you. And it's not about changing everything on the outside, but it's about changing what's on the inside. And when I say three, if that's you, you say, I need a fresh start. I need a fresh strength. I want to soar high. I don't want to soar low. I want to soar high. Hallelujah. Above the pressures of life. That's you. I want you to get ready. Three, slip your hand up. I'm going to pray with you, pray for you. If that's you, hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Is there anybody else? Just raise your hand high. Raise your hand high. I see that hand. Amen. Just raise your hand high. Raise your hand high. Glory to God. I see that hand. Is there anybody else? Is there anybody else that says, Pastor Josh, include me in this prayer. Pray for me and pray with me. Pray for me and pray with me. God is here. God wants to lift the burden. God wants to lift the burden today. Come on, pray this prayer with me. Say, Lord Jesus, restore my joy. Today I make a fresh commitment to follow after you in everything I do in the mighty name of Jesus. Come on, everybody say amen. Give a loud shout of praise. Hallelujah. 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 Yes. 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 For those of us that raise their hand, if you are not aware you are welcome to come here and to, to fellowship with us. I know there were some that already are coming, most of them, really all of them, but if you have not made a commitment here, I, I encourage you to do so because you can't do this thing alone. Amen. And so I encourage you to connect if you have not done so. Hallelujah. Lord, we thank you for the high place of your presence. Thank you for tuning in to this week's show. Were you empowered to become a team player? Let us know. Connect with us on social media, on Twitter and Instagram at Triad Christian. Facebook, Triad Christian Center. And you can also visit our website, triadchristiancenter.org. We look forward to hearing from you and invite you back next week to The Movement Podcast.